0: Welcome to Formations, a podcast that allows you to learn and reflect on a relationship of growth with Jesus Christ.
1: We're students at Gordon College studying biblical studies, Christian ministries, and theology. Marley and I teamed up to bring you this four-part series called Formations, which will dive into how we, as the body of Christ, can foster spiritual growth that encourages authentic discipleship on social media and beyond. We're recording at the beginning of May 2021. The flowers are blooming, and we're all pretending it's warmer outside than it actually is.
0: Welcome back to Formations. This is part three of a series that Ellen and I are doing on Christian formation, particularly on how we can enter into social media and create spaces for authentic discipleship and growth in Christ. This particular podcast, we will be diving in to different traditions and formations on how we can live in Christ. But before we start, I would love to read Romans 12, 1 through 2, from the message. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Well, in this podcast, we will be looking at the topic of Christian formation, which is super exciting. This is the class that Ellen and I are taking. Super excited. And we're just going to go through a couple of different things. First is the Evangelical Church, which is the church that we predominantly see in America this is your typical Baptist church, non-denominational church. You know, someone where the Bible is emphasized. You go to church, you worship, you listen to a sermon and you leave type of thing. Um, the evangelical is great. I make part of the evangelical church. I do. Yeah, so this is something we have grown up in and through this class that we've been taking this semester have been able to understand different traditions that we would like to add into the evangelical because that is not the only way we have to worship God. But it is not a bad way to worship God. So if you are evangelical, do not hear that as a critique. Marla, I think you mentioned this—the emphasis on
1: Scripture—and and that is really what it is. That the mm. Bible is something that we can open up. God's Word reveals God's self to us. Absolutely. Um, we come to we can come to faith through this through Scripture. Uh, we have a profession of faith, mm-hmm. um, and uh, these are also the churches that will um, typically emphasize different programs of. Trying to learn about God's word, trying to study God's word. This is where a lot of our Bible studies come from, yep. our small groups, um, and how they're structured.
0: Yeah, so it's really interesting because just like what we read in Romans 12, we will be changed from the inside out. This means that being a Christian is countercultural. We are not supposed to be um, conformed to culture, but rather we're supposed to develop through culture um, which is really excited because exciting because that is developing maturity in us and particularly i have seen this grow and i can see this grow in the spirit of social media through the contemplative tradition The contemplative tradition is one of my favorites. I am such a contemplative person. Man, if there was a contemplative evangelical church, I would be there. But really, the contemplative is something that I have become very passionate in, and that is how Christians are formed through the slow process of soul care. This term soul care is often identified and frequently used by me, and this allows for formation to look at the individual holistically instead of selfishly. Through internal discovery, communal processing, and authentication from the Holy Spirit, one may find themselves expanding their range of knowledge and devotion to the Christian faith. There are two key outlooks to the processes and manners in which Christians are formed starting with themselves and starting with God. When we allow ourselves to be open to learning from different perspectives and outlooks, we are able to process where Christ is speaking into the inner self. And this is where the contemplative tradition really comes in. It is a lot about introspection and the inner self and what we can do. Um, to grow closer with God individually. But it's also beautiful because it is steeped in monastic tradition. So monastic being monks. So these people, they have this slow process of soul care and they have what we call a rhythm of life, which is something that is potentially busy. We're gonna, we're gonna interchange busy with full because I think busy can have a negative connotations and Christians can be full and still have a life that is healthy and rooted in Christ. Um, so as we go through these traditions, I want to remind us that you can be full, your plate can be full, but it you can still like have space to be with Christ. And that should be like at the center of your plate. Um, Let's 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 go away from the, the the negative connotation of busyness, and the contemplative tradition tries to bring us away from that negative connotation, so that we are just sitting and flourishing with God, either by ourselves or in a community of people.
1: Thanks for that overview, Marley. The next tradition that we're looking at, our third tradition, we've gone through evangelical, uh, a look at contemplative, and now we're going to look at. In the incarnational tradition. In the incarnational tradition, we're thinking about making visible the invisible workings of the spirit. And in this, we experience God as truly manifest and active in daily life. Wow. So, this is the stuff of everyday living. God comes in real life. We can grasp eternal realities in the everyday. We have the capacity to see God in the world. A helpful term for understanding incarnational is sacramental. Uh, the sacraments are visible means of an invisible grace. So we, a- as uh, Christians, believe that um, that God offers uh, His grace to us, mm. and in the church we can receive that uh, in some ways physically, such as in our second podcast we mentioned the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper or yeah. Communion. However, your tradition uh, gives a- gives a word for that, um, and this is uh, an example of receiving. God's grace through bread and wine or bread and grape juice or wafers and <laughs> roast juice, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Anything um, you can find, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a way that we can receive that visibly, tangibly. God desires for us to know him, so he makes himself known in our finite senses through the materials of grace in the church. Some other examples of this could be uh, the rosaries in Catholic Church. Uh, Bible, the Bible is is a fleshly thing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a physical thing uh, that reveals God's grace. And also more in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, icons. Um, We receive uh, an understanding of the community of believers through the great cloud of witnesses of um, these icons, which are written, um, and they are images of the saints that have gone
0: before us. Ellen, I'm wondering if you could maybe give an example. I know I can. So if you can't, I have one already ready. But during COVID-19 and the pandemic and specifically the first like six months of quarantining, did you find it hard to kind of step into that incarnational tradition when it came to like exploring and growing in faith, Um, especially since we, we weren't at church to take communion or the Lord's Supper or we weren't in church listening to a sermon um, how did that kind of change for you or did it change for you?
1: Honestly, I don't think I thought about it like that. But in regards to the incarnational tradition, I would say um, since I've come, took back to Gordon this spring semester, mm-hmm. I started attending an Anglican church. And uh, there we ha- celebrate the Eucharist every Sunday. And that was a new experience for me. I'd never done that every Sunday. My tradition usually did it uh, once a month. And there it's also like very real. Mm. Um, it's not just a meal of remembrance. It's very much that Christ Christ comes and we are literally going to celebrate that and we're gonna have a party doing it. Um, yeah. And so every week watching these people circle around the church and receive it, especially because in my tradition, um, well, maybe it's just in my my church, my home church, we would pass a plate down mm-hmm. and you would take the communion. Um, but in this church, we actually uh, ca- approach the altar with um open hands and it's placed within our hands and blessed. um And that was a new experience for me.
0: That's awesome. I love that. I was just thinking in terms of the digital space and realm, especially with the the act of communion, this I remember this beautiful time. I can't remember if it was for Good Friday service last year or what, but it was time to have communion at our church and I was watching online, I was upstairs in my house and the room was dark because I like a dark vibe. That's kind of the contemplative in me. I think I had a candle going, you know. Um, and I was sitting in this recliner and I had my computer and I was listening to the sermon and it was time for communion. And I was like, oh man, I don't have bread and grape juice. Like, what am I going to do? So I ran downstairs to the kitchen. And I was like, what am I going to use? What am I going to use? And I ended up using saltine crackers and clementine, um, Seltzer, <laughs> Clementine LaCroix. And that is what I had. That was the uh, the body and the blood of Christ for me. And I feel like when I think back to that, that was such a pivotal moment in my time with Jesus, because even though I was by myself in my room, no one around me, I was taking communion and but I was able to connect with the church in a deeper way that I've never done before. And I think through these different traditions that Ellen and I are talking about, we're able to see that digitally, we can expand our range of knowledge and our range of depth and community which is really cool so as you process through this last year with COVID-19 maybe reflect on some ways that you might have had to do different traditional things that you would have done in the church by yourself and how has that either created a longing for community or created a space for you to pursue community um, through social media aspects because very interesting but yeah Continue on, Ellen.
1: Thanks for that, Marley. So the incarnational tradition—it's—it's it's emphasizing everyday life, and and the biblical foundation for this a theological biblical foundation is—is is Christ. Christ comes in the incarnation in a body, um, experiences life, touches things, sees things, um, eats things, all the senses, smells things. Um, Christ is in a body. And so we as the as his body of believers in Christ um can join together in these physical things and receive grace because grace came in a body grace can we can receive grace in our bodies some practices of this might be such as um in the Eastern Orthodox tradition praying to the saints and understanding that the body of believers is mystical and mm. um we can engage with it just as we would, just as I would ask Marley to pray for me, I can ask um, another saint to pray for me as well because they are in the court of the Lord. Another example, another practice to follow could be the church calendar. And we talked a little bit about, about this when we were talking about Sabbath with uh, Bruegerman in the last episode, um, that a church calendar that celebrates festivals and observes the solemn times of the church as well, that these are ways to engage with the time the the everyday living time that we're in um, and that these these festivals come around again and again and we find new meaning in them but we also carry um, carry these traditions with the whole of the uh, christian body of believers before us after us uh, globally these are times to engage Um, and another way would just be to focus on family and the home life. Marley, in our last episode, uh, mentioned, um, a mother trying to take care of, let's just say multiple toddlers (laughs) (laughs) and, and the challenge that that is. And, um, I think the incarnational tradition offers so much grace for that time of life because that season of life, because, um, It recognizes that everyday living is hard and getting away can be hard, but that God comes in our work, in our study and our play.
0: Yeah, actually, I texted my mom last night because she had posted something on Instagram last week, which talked about kind of, how do I give myself space to be with God? And, you know, one of the big things we hear in this in the Christian language is quiet time and waking up early and quiet time in the morning. And I don't know about you, but sometimes waking up in the morning is super, super hard for me. I am not a morning person. I am like a middle of the day, early evening person, not a morning person, but I do believe that there is power in spending time with Christ when you first wake up. So what my mom posted was something from a pastor who said, it's not just about waking up early. It's about setting yourself up for success the night before. Mm-hmm. So say you're a mom, say you're a college student, say, I mean, any any occupation. If you wanna wake up 30 minutes, bef- like to have 30 minutes with with Jesus in solitude and silence in the morning, what time do you have to go to bed so that you get eight hours of sleep? Or what time do you have to go to bed and wake up so you know how long it gets, like, it, it takes for you to get ready? So if it takes 30 minutes for me to get ready, 30 minutes and I'm out. Do I have enough time? Am I giving myself enough space? So it is a little bit of organizing your planner and your schedule, but that organization is so important into fulfilling what it means to step into a life with Christ. So I want to encourage, like, as we're going through this, like this is not meant for someone who has nothing to do. This is meant for all people. This is meant for people who are in between jobs. These are, this is people who are taking a 20 hour credit load um, for college or the mom of a newborn baby or a pastor, you know, anybody can step into this fullness and it's not something that is just secluded to one person. And that's where the digital space is awesome because while we can schedule these things on our phone and on like our computers and set times apart, we can also go back through it during the day. So I, I don't know. I would encourage you in the morning not to like grab for your phone the first thing, even though I am definitely, I fall prey to that all the time. Um, but have something on your phone that you can reach to in the middle of the day that's not Instagram, that's not Twitter, but that's something that's life-giving and reminding you of the grace and the fullness of Christ.
1: I think it's also important that we remember that we don't, we don't do these things alone. The, the everyday life is not lived alone. So the incarnational tradition is not looking for you to right. embrace grace alone. Yeah. Um, even if in our pandemic time, we've had more time of solitude. Maybe you haven't, um, but I know many people have. Um, and so maybe there have been times where it has been more in the quiet, um, but, the, but the incarnational life, just as Christ lived in his body, um, he didn't just... He didn't just walk around. He found some followers and and he lived life with those followers and they were doing things and they sometimes had busier days than others. And I'm sure they had days where they didn't feel like doing whatever Jesus told them to do. Um, Or I'm sure maybe, maybe even Jesus didn't feel like (laughs) wasn't always present. Uh, Maybe he was tired. Uh, We do see that in scripture. And so as Marley was saying, this, this is for everybody. This is for the tired. This is for the resting this is for the retired this is yeah um for um for families that are trying to gather together around a dinner table
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely ellen why don't we as we finish up this podcast kind of talk a little bit more about spiritual formation and christian formation and how that relates to what we are doing through this project and what we've been talking about in previous podcasts
1: christians approach formation with an expectation to join the Spirit's work. This is both internal and external. This is, and when I say join the Spirit's work, let's, let's remember that the Spirit's work is in, is in all creation. And so we are joining in creation. We are joining with others. This is not my internal work or things that are in my life and my situation alone. These are things um, that are within community as well. So with all creation, we respond to God's forming activity in our lives now and forever. In community, our thoughts, feelings, and bodies take in new information and experiences. We share common belonging with all that are in Christ. In the incarnation, Christ embodied humans. In taking on our finite minds, he redeemed our imaginations. In confining his presence to our bodies, he redeemed our capacity to engage with God. In subjecting himself to our feelings, Christ redeemed our intimacy. These are all Areas of our lives. Now we can accept Christ's invitation to the journey of transformation and we join this journey with a body of believers. Our individual and collective development or formation to become more the people of God is challenging. We have a responsibility to the community for our own participation in the work of the Spirit and in holding one another accountable in thought, word, and deed. Through our different cultures, languages, structures, and knowledge, we generously witness the kaleidoscope of expressions of faith. There's not just one right way to do Christianity. Right. Um, And and that's why we're looking at multiple traditions, because we have a variety of approaches in the Christian faith to how we can engage with faith. Mm. We work through the continuous push and pull between expressions and discernment of obedience to God and one another. Our goal is not to become uniform in faith, but to more fully manifest the imagination of the Spirit.
0: Yeah, so just like we talked about sacred spaces in the previous podcast, and as we've gone through the contemplative, the evangelical, and the incarnational, we look back to spiritual formation is rooted in not just one thing. We don't just grow in Christ with one thing but we are formed in a variety of spaces by a large variety of spiritual experiences that bring people into the church, whether that's the digital church or the physical church, but we are all part of the body of Christ, which is beautiful.
1: One thing we've been exploring in our, in our study in this course uh, on formations is the idea of networked religion. So we see this, uh, we see this certainly in the pandemic, uh, but even before, um people are start because people are so interconnected and learning about so many different things and um interacting with things that are not you know in their town in their workplace in their church um they're taking a variety of spiritual experiences these can be christian they may not be uh they could be buddhist meditation or they could be yoga or they could be um Ideas about the contemplative tradition that it's become pretty popular, especially with the Enneagram. Yep. Um, <laughs> people are bringing in a variety of spiritual experiences and then they're coming to their church and wondering, how can I fit this in? I've had this spiritual experience and I want to share it with other people. Where does it fit? And we are able to do this because we used to have these, um, tightly bound affinities where, um, I know the people that I went to school with. I know the people that I see at the grocery store. I know the neighbors on my street. I know the people right in front of me. Now, the people right in front of us can be so many different <laughs> kinds of people, so many different All places. All around the world. You may never he- even met them. Like I I know for myself, I have friends. I, I would call them friends, people that I have never met in person, but I would call my friends um, because of the experiences I've had with them and mm-hmm. chatting with them and in Um, seeing what they've shared and in sharing encouragement with them on social media. It's, it's wild sometimes when I step back and think, wait, I don't even know these people. Right. (laughs) But it's true. I mean, that's actually how I met Marley. That is so (laughs) true. We were Instagram friends before she came to Gordon because we had met in person first, but
0: like for 30 minutes. For like 30 minutes. And I was like,
1: I gotta, I gotta find this girl. And it took me a while. (laughs) (laughs) I think, did you finally
0: find me? I found Ellen because I don't put my name in my Instagram profile. I
1: do. (laughs) And so Marley found me. And I was so happy because I was like, Yes, I so wanted to meet Marley. And we became friends through seeing what we shared and we learned about each other. And then when she came to Gordon, like, of course, we deepened that friendship so mm-hmm. much beyond what we could have done on social media. But we were we were Instagram friends
0: absolutely. <laughs> and I think it's important that, that relationship was real. Ellen and I would like write back to each other either on Instagram or I remember getting cards from Ellen. Like mm-hmm. it was it was a real genuine relationship. And when we met in person, it just got even better. Um, but that relationship on social media was real. I think it's also that we look back to kind of like the meditations and different things that we can bring in the different practices Ellen was talking about. While we're saying this, we're also not trying to deviate from the fact that we're pointing to Jesus. So when we say, oh, yoga, or we say Buddhist meditation, we're also like saying like this is something that can be used in the Christian space for Christ. This is not bringing in a different God or a different religion. So we wanted to clarify for that just because that can be a little confusing at times, but I don't know, I, especially with the Enneagram, I've learned so much about how to interact with Christians and interact with myself um, just through the Enneagram. And I love yoga. Yoga is fun. Mm-hmm. I do that to work out. <laughs> Sometimes I do it to chill, but I don't know. Yeah. There's different ways. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: In these conversations, we're recognizing that there are strengths. I mean, with our story of how we mm. became friends, that was a huge blessing. Like, Absolutely. bless up. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Um, and that was a strength of social media that we didn't have to lose that connection. And as soon as Marley came to campus, like, we were, we were able to meet together. And um, I didn't have to go find her in somehow mm-hmm. or realize she asked questions if she had ever come to Gordon or not. I knew right away that she was coming and when she was coming. And, um And that was a strength, um, that we could then join together in community physically together here. Yeah. Um, but we also recognize that there are limitations, of course, like we would have much rather grown our friendship always in person. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, there are limitations in, as we talked in our first podcast about the kind of images we portrayed. So just because, the things that I knew about Marley were things that she posted or messaged to me. And, you know, you can edit messages. Right. <laughs> you can't exactly edit. You can't edit yourself as well when you're talking to somebody. Yep. Um, or when you're with your facial expressions or with your words. But in messaging, you can say something and mean something totally different. Um, so we recognize that there are strengths and limitations to this networked world. But this is the world we're living in. And so our question is, how do we engage with that?
0: Absolutely. So as we finish this podcast, Ellen and I would like to give you a challenge for social media. We talked about the tech log. Hope you're doing that. Hope you're looking through our handbook but what about posting something real and raw and authentic on your Instagram today? Maybe that's a quote from this podcast. Maybe that's something that God has been teaching you, but put something on your Instagram and just like be your full self. Don't feel like you have to put on a filter or makeup or a special outfit, be your full authentic self and see how that feels and kind of just allow God to use you in that and to engage in conversation. So we're super excited. We are coming back with podcast number four, And that will be the end to the series. But we are super excited to dive into that podcast with you. But until next time.